Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. We have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its video podcast, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living. Good morning. morning. How are you? Oh, now I I should have stood up when she introduced me. I thought about it, and then it was too late, because I was like, oh, good. They get to see the back of your head as you're being introduced. (laughs) So I am Reverend Gail Dillon, and I am so excited to see all of you. You may not know this, but I left pulpit ministry in December of 2021, and this is the first time I'm actually back on a stage talking to live people, so God bless you for being here. And I do want to do a call out, um, first of all, to Barb. B can't be here, but Barb um, gave me a place to stay, my husband and I. Courtney and Bernie drove down from Seattle just to be here for me. You know, I hope for each and every one of you that you have friends like that in your life. Because when I was told, you have friends downstairs, and I'm like, I do. Um, But the minute she told me, I knew who it was, and I, I burst into tears. I was like, oh, my goodness. So that is part of this quote by Michael Beckwith. You are either pushed by pain or you are pulled by vision. And it sounds like, and I believed when I first found this philosophy, I had a choice. Well, I'm not going to be pushed by pain anymore. I'm just going to be pulled by vision. And then stuff happens, doesn't it? And you're like, oh, (laughs) pain's going to show up anyway, regardless of what my vision is. And so it's not denying that we have the pain. It's how long are we going to stay with it, right? It's that, am I going to recognize that pain and, and not push past it? There are no spiritual bypasses. You know, I think it is one of the um, misnomers of this philosophy, if you will, that, um, oh, you have a cold. Well, what's in your consciousness? <laughs> well, nothing. It's cold outside, and I went barefoot. Uh, you know, it's, it's pointing to people's pain like they're responsible. And that's not what this philosophy is about. This philosophy is about recognizing the pain and knowing that even in, in, even in spite of that pain, you can move past it. You can move through it. Or sometimes you can live with it. The, the, the beauty of what Ernest Holmes teaches us is that we don't have to build a house in our pain. Now, I can say that because, trust me, I had a house in pain. It was decorated. And I was comfortable. I liked my pain. I was a victim 
everything was everybody else's fault. It was my ex-husband, and then it was my other ex-husband, and it was a boyfriend, and it was my job. And, and I anesthetized myself all the time. So there was, there was no concept of there might be something different I could do. And then one day, and I am sure, you know, people, some people, when they have a vision, they close their eyes and they see mountains and, and unicorns and all kinds of things. And I'll be honest with you, when I close my eyes envisioning, I see black. That's all I see. And that's okay, because what I get is I hear words. And I shared that with somebody one time when we were sharing um, a visioning process. And she was sharing, you know, eagles flying over mountaintops. And, and I'm like, well, dang. <laughs> That's fabulous. And I'm jealous. And, and I said to her, you know, all I get is words. And she looked at me and she said, seriously, Gail, have you ever tried to figure out what an eagle flying over a mountaintop means? And you're just getting words and you think that, that you're being shortchanged? So, the words that happened to me 21 years ago were, you need to do something different or you're going to die. It's the first time that I paid attention to, wow, I don't, think I, I don't think that was a thought that I had on my own. And so I sought out like some way to, um, to find an anchor. And I knew nothing about spirituality or religion for that matter. I grew up, um, my dad played golf on Sundays. My mom didn't drive. So if I wanted to go to church, I went with the neighbor kids. And I only went to church because that's where all the kids went on Sunday. It just was not a, something in, in, that I grew up in, the home I grew up with. We didn't have a, a religious base, if you will. And so I didn't even know what I was looking for. I just knew I was looking. And the first thing I found was a bookstore behind my house. It said something about spiritual. I thought, OK, I'll go in there. And I went in, and I talked to these two women. I loved them. They were so open-hearted. And I went home, and I read the book, and I brought it back. And I said, this is fabulous. And, and I can't go home. I can't go to my mom and tell her that I'm going to be a witch. I, I just, <laughs> I, I can't do it. I, you know, I have drugged her through proverbial who my entire life. I can't do that to her. Is there something that is like this? Different verbiage. Just different verbiage. Is there something like this I could go home and say to my mom, oh my goodness, I found this. And she said, yeah, you want to look this up online? And I did. And that was the steps to start releasing the pain. I don't know if you've heard this story. I, I share it all the time. In fact, these people that really know me are going to be bored with it. But I love it because it's true. And it's two little boys go into a barn, and there is a huge pile of horse manure, huge pile. And one little boy just jumps right in, and he starts throwing the horse manure all over the place. And the other little boy's back in the corner going, oh my god, this is, what, it, what are you doing? And he said, with all that poo, there's got to be a pony in there somewhere. 
And I tell you that because your pain is just like coal turning into diamonds. Your pain is the fire that is going to make you grow. Now, I'm not saying because when somebody said to me once when I was in ministerial school, oh, you have to have dark nights of the soul or you can't grow, not true, not true. Please don't go out and look for pain thinking, okay, the only way I'm gonna find that pony is I'm gonna have to cover myself in a bunch of pain. That is not true. You can spiritually grow by meditation, by journaling, by coming to a summer solstice celebration, by all kinds of different things, being kind. You can grow spiritually just by being kind. And not to be afraid of pain. Not that I want to call it in, just so we're clear. Because I think, I don't know about you guys, I have found the, the more I embrace this teaching, the more powerful my word becomes. And why is that? It's done unto you as you believe. So the more I believe in what Ernest Holmes taught, and remember, it's just a synthesization, whew, that's a difficult word, of all the other great religions and ancient wisdom. He never said he had come up with something new. What he said was, read what I read, and then make up your own mind. That is what hooked me in this philosophy. I didn't have to believe what Ernest Holmes believed. I didn't have to regurgitate any, anything unless I chose. But what I could do is take what he said and make it my own. And that's not really that easy when you're first starting out. I don't know about you all when you found your first Science of Mind Church Centers for Spiritual Living, if you're new. Um, but it started out as uh, Science of Mind. It started out as one organization, and then we split. I was, I, the center that I found in Kirkland, Washington, was UCORS, United Church of Religious Science. And then there was a, an RSI, Religious Science International. And we came back together. Do you know what Ernest Holmes said to Charles Barker the day that they separated? Someday, he shook his hand and said, someday, we will be one organization again. He never had any doubt. He never said to Charles Barker, you're, you're telling me that I'm not teaching this properly, which always fascinated me. Because everybody says, you know, Ernest Holmes created this philosophy. And yet when somebody challenged the way he was teaching it, he didn't say, oh, banish you to the kingdom. You know, this is mine. I created this. He said, if, if you want to do it differently, go ahead. Go ahead. Imagine, if you will, how our communities would look different if we quit pointing out our differences to each other. You know, my, my husband has written a song called One Color Red, and it, it really is. We all bleed one color red, and what would it look like if we could really look at each other and see each other and the truth of who we are? That everybody out there, okay, most people out there, are doing the best they can with what they've got. 
Now, do I think everybody? No. However, I do believe, as Ernest Holmes believed, that every single person is God-informed. And if somebody is really doing something that does damage to the whole of humanity or even a part of humanity, the best I can do is pray for that person. Pray that they'll find that light within them that says, oh, wait a minute. I am part of something instead of being separate from. Because when I look at people that really consider themselves separate from and they're, they're holding on, right, with all of their might to this is the way life should be, whatever that is, and they're holding on tight, all you can do is pray for them. If you're in a position to do something more, please do so. For me, it, it, anybody that's a practitioner here, remember how hard it was that one uh, piece, that one week, go home, watch the news, not the channel that you like to watch the news on, Pick the opposite channel, whatever the opposite channel is. And instead of being in judgment, pray. Every, do you know how difficult that is and how judgmental I realized I was? Like, I don't want to listen to these people. They don't agree with me. It's uncomfortable. And yet there's, what did you say in your prayer, 7 billion people on the planet now? Seven billion of us, we aren't all going to agree. I would just like it if we all learned to be kind. What would it look like? And it starts with us. And when I mean us, people in this room, the people listening online, whoever you are, wherever you are, whenever you see this, remember, you can make a difference. When you walk through the grocery store, are you busy on your cell phone or do you look at the person that's waiting on you and smile and, and have an interaction with them? My friend Bernie, biggest example on the planet of going out of his way for people in service. If you go to a restaurant with Bernie, the first thing he wants to know, what's your name when the waiter comes up? First thing, and he calls them by name through the whole process. And so I try to emulate that. He's been a good teacher for me. I had another friend who, in the service in industry, she said, if somebody's waiting on me, I never, regardless of what I've purchased, if they've come to my table, I never give them less than $5. And I thought, you know, that's, that's a practice I can embrace. Some of these you may go, yeah, I'm not doing that. That's fine. But find a way to be kind. It's not difficult. It's not necessarily easy either, right? It's not easy. I will give you an example. I posted that I was going to be speaking here on Sunday. I did it on my Facebook page, and then I did it on an on a, um, online teaching chapter on that uh, Facebook page. And I decided to boost that post, so it went out into the eons of Facebook, if you will. I had about eight comments. None of them were kind. Some of them were just hateful. And you know, that, that hurts, because I'm thinking, you don't know me. And I had to talk myself back off the ledge and think, that's not about you. 
They don't know you. They don't know this philosophy, obvious. So delete and block, delete and block. You know, sometimes the kindest thing you can do is just say to somebody, this is my boundary. And if you step over it, then we're done. And you do that compassionately. You know, I, when I was in Santa Fe and I talked about, you know, everybody, you know, we are an inclusive community. Everybody's welcome through the door. And one of the people said to me, is your ex-husband welcome through the door? That was not a good relationship. He was abusive. And I said, no, he's not. But I would ask him not to come compassionately and lovingly. Because there are other centers, there are other places to go. And so you get to stand in your truth. The thing that I would love is for us to be kind when we do it. When somebody pushes one of your buttons, somebody says something to you, and you feel that pain, and you want to respond, instead of responding, take a deep breath and count to 10. Look them straight in the eye while you're doing it, because that will scare them. Like, ooh, she's not responding. And then if you really have nothing to say, just smile. Just smile. You have no idea the dances that you do with people and the expectation they have because you've been doing it so long, you've forgotten that you're dancing. Normally, this will be in a relationship with your family or a relationship with your partner. And the thing to remember is, instead of going to work and complaining about your partner, come home and have an honest, open discussion with your partner. This philosophy, the science of mind, is to be lived and breathed. Just like I think the philosophy of Jesus is to be lived and breathed. And what we forget is, oh, we're going to gather together on Sunday. We are going to have fabulous music, both of you ladies. Thank you so much. Um, fabulous music, great prayer. And then we go home and we talk bad about our neighbor or somebody at work. That's not living this philosophy. Now, I'm not saying you can change immediately. Do I go into judgment? Oh, heck yeah. However, when I do, I remind myself, do I want to be judged? Because here's the truth. Remember when you were, when they talk about in some of the classes, you give, you know, you tithe, and then it will come back to you tenfold. Do you really think that's only about money? How you behave, what you put out into the world is going to come back to you tenfold. And so I remember the first time I really got that. I was speaking at Santa Fe Center for Spiritual Living. I was a ministerial student. And it dawned on me, my biggest fear was standing up there and speaking and being judged. And the next thought that raced through my head was, how often do you sit out in the audience and judge Reverend Bernardo? And I was like, oh, OK. 
So it really is that there are so many things. I know for a lot of people in this philosophy, they think that, um, especially if they grew up in a Christian religion and they were hurt, then they think, throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't want to talk about Jesus. I don't want to talk about quotes from the Bible. You know, too much pain, too much remembrance. And yet, there are brilliant statements in there. And to remember, that is one of the books Ernest Holmes read. In fact, if you look at the Science of Mind textbook in the back, he goes through quotes from the Bible and talks about them. And so there are great quotes in there. And so to remind yourself, why and what am I here for? And you get to choose. I can't choose for you. I wish I could. I wish I had a magic wand and I could go, okay, you get to be president next year. You know, you get to be a rock star, honey. All of that. I wish I, yay! I wish I could. And yet that's not how it works. Even though I would love, and there are times I do and it drives him crazy. Well, if you think this way, sweetheart, think this way, sweetheart, and he's like, stop it. You know, stop it. We have to find this path ourselves. I found science of mind when I was ready to change my life. I was 50 years old. I wish, knowing what I know now, I'd been 18. But I wasn't. And so to remember, I don't know if you know that song, I am remembering who I am. I've come here to love, to serve, and to remember. And so I want to close. Normally, I would close with a prayer. However, today I want to close with um, something out of 365 Days of richer, richer Living because it absolutely speaks to being pushed by pain or being pulled by vision. And your vision, that is something you get to decide. All I can recommend is with your vision, write it down. Spend some time with it. Make it real. And then I promise you, promise you, you, I, you can look me up on Facebook and say, no, 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 it never happened. And we can talk about it. I promise you, if you start to really put your thought process into creating the life you want, it will unfold before you. And you'll go, what? It has happened to me since I've been in this philosophy more than once. And so this is called, I am true to my highest principle. And it starts with a quote by Emerson. Thou shalt not profess that which thou dost not believe. Thou shalt not heed the voice of man when it agrees not with the voice of God in thine own soul. And so the prayer by Ernest Holmes. To profess is easy. To practice is not easy. All people proclaim their belief in God, but they rely on material help in every problem and prayer as a last resort. I now take my stand with myself. I have no one other with whom to deal. I am in my own world, and I now place God at the center and know that good appears at the circumference. I refuse to declare my faith in God 
and still continue in my old material patterns of behavior. Today, the Lord becomes my physician, my lawyer, my counselor, and my coworker. I lean not on my own understanding. I depend on him who projected me as his own. I shout from the housetops my own divinity. I cry out to all my dependence on the indwelling spirit. I am not a metaphysician in name only. I practice what I believe. I pray my way out of every problem and prove God in every experience. The confines of my thinking extend to and include the good of all. I truly practice the brotherhood of man. I see each soul as God sees him and declare that his place in my life is one of blessing. I am not under the material influence of nations, economic beliefs, nor world conditions. I am an independent creation of a perfect mind living the atmosphere of my own consciousness. God within, God without. Namaste. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Our inspirational service is at 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.